Hello, Rundown Nation. Welcome to the College Football Rundown. I'm Woj. And I'm Walt. And this is Championship Week, Walt. Big games all throughout all the conference championships and the Big 12 all the way to the AAC. It's an exciting time for the football teams. You know, they've been fighting all year, playing their in-conference schedules, and now they get to decide who's the best of the best. And that's what you're going to be watching this weekend. You're going to be watching the best of the best from each conference. We will have in total 10 of the conference championships games this weekend. We will have nine games on Saturday, and we will have one on Friday. And we'll start off with the Friday one. It's the Pac-12 championship. It's Utah 11-1 at Oregon 10-2, 7 o'clock on ABC. Probably the most intriguing matchup of the weekend, I would say. Oregon plus 6.5, over under 45.5. On the money line, Oregon's plus 196. It's moving around a bit on the money line. Could be the game of the decade for the Pac-12. They've been left out of the playoff a lot since it started. Oregon being the only exception when they were in it. I'm sure you remember, Woj, the first year of the playoff, Oregon made it. A lot of Pac-12 fans pulling for Utah this weekend, I would think, wanting their team to be represented in the college football playoff once again. Obviously, Utah is the only team in this situation that has a chance to make the college football playoff but they have a good one being six and a half point favorites that Utah defense has been putting on a show week after week. Woj, very exciting to watch. I listen to these people all the time. Talk about, Oh man, this offense is great. Oklahoma. Let's use them as an example. This offense is great. They're so exciting to watch. That's not exciting to watch. What's exciting to watch is when a team has four tries to get 10 yards and they get zero yards. That's exciting to watch defense wins championships. We're going to see it here. Utah's defense, extremely exciting to watch, in my opinion. They're only allowing 56.3 yards per game rushing, best in the nation. They're going to force Oregon to rely on Herbert, having less success than expected this season, Mr. Herbert is. But as of late, he's had Juwan Johnson. He's been looking at him. He's been the workhorse at wide receiver for the past few games. That's really Oregon's best chances, you know, Herbert to Johnson, touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. That's going to be their best chance against this Utah team. This is an intriguing game, and it just we'll see what happens, and we'll I'll kind of go over it a little bit later in the podcast too, as far as playoff implications. But it, it is a big game for the Pac-12. Uh, Utah would likely be in, and again I'll cover that in a little bit if they do win, and obviously Pac-12 will probably get a. Uh, get squashed out of the playoff if Oregon does win with their 10-2 and record. Uh, right now, Utah on the playoff rankings, the official playoff rankings is 5, and Oregon is 13. Uh, that is important as well. On to the Big 12 showdown. Baylor 11-1 at Oklahoma 11-1, 11 a.m. on ABC. First game of the day, Wall, and it's going to be a doozy offensively, I'd imagine. One would assume over-under sitting at 64.5. That's not a low number, especially for a championship game where you tend to see lower over-unders because there's usually better defenses in those games. But we got to remember Big 12, they don't have defense. They don't play defense in that conference. Baylor. Yeah, what's plus, defense? <laughs> no, they don't have defenses in that conference. Baylor plus 9, plus 239 on the money line. Uh, that's a shot. I mean, th- those are some points, especially after the first game mode. Yeah, I was surprised that it went. It it was at plus nine when I looked at it. I was like, wow, no uh, no credit for Baylor. The playoff committee didn't give him, and neither does Vegas apparently. But a couple guys for DFS. This will be the kickoff. Uh, DFS is doing the Saturday eight games. Uh, this is one of them. 
Uh, Jamichael Hasty, the running back for Baylor, he's only 5,300. In today, this kind of episode, I just kind of want to go over some of the more expensive guys, but I want to really highlight the value guys we can get for cheaper because it's tougher because we only have eight games. These are all the championship teams. So typically, a lot of guys are going to be more expensive. So we got to find some diamond in the rough. We have to find someone that's going to get value at a lower cost. Uh, Jamichael Hasty, the running back for Baylor, might be. I'm not completely sold in this pick, but he is worth mentioning. Big week in a blowout versus Kansas last week with 29.6 points. He took 30% of the runs, but the quarterback, Charlie Brewer, uh, it didn't take much runs at all. He was only 4% of the rushes, and he's been one of the guys that's been just dominating rushing yards and rushing attempts. So that was a big key. It was kind of a flip-flop there in, in an odd game. Uh, that he ended up, Hasty's ended up running the ball so much instead of uh, Brewer. But let's move on to Charlie Brewer, the quarterback for Baylor at 7,600. There's one reason I like him in this matchup and in this DraftKings set, and it's because of what he did against Oklahoma the first time. He had 33.3 points, 194 yards passing, two TDs, 65 yards rushing, and two TDs in the ground. So four TDs and over 250 yards in total. Uh, he was a workhorse. Um, he ran that game, like I was talking about with Hastings, how it was weird, 74% of the team's rushes he was part of. So you can see kind of he does both things. He's he's the first thing, first time around they did really good. He was a pretty good part of their offense, and I'm pretty sure if they're going to win again, he's going to be the focal point as well. On the other side of the board, Kennedy Brooks, the running back for Oklahoma. Yeah, I'm talking about a running back. Again, I'm trying to keep this a little bit lower on the on the price list because we can't just go buy our Jalen Hurts for $9,000. It just doesn't work for the rest of our lineup. But he is 5,600. Uh, he's been a big part of the Oklahoma offense in the past few weeks, uh, surprisingly. He rushed more than Hurts last week, which was a big deal because it was the first time in the year, say, this year. Uh, and at that price point, he's a pretty good option if they're going to do that again. C.D. Lamb didn't hear his name, Woj. Best receiver. No, in I I gotta I gotta stay away. I, I can't I can't get blown away by huge price prices. And you know what, C.D. Lamb's really good, but the problem is, is Hertz takes a lot of the the thunder away from C.D. Lamb sometimes, especially when he's running in the ball for touchdowns and stuff. So yeah, C.D. Lamb gets the big plays, but he surprisingly doesn't get that many receptions per game. Uh, averaged. Oh, he will in this one. Well, do you know why? Because it's a championship game. Big players show up in championship games. That's why they're big players. As far as the game specifically goes, Baylor blew a substantial lead the first time these two played. 34 to 31 was the final score. Baylor was up 31 to 10 at half. At one point, they were up by 25 points. Well, they're up by more than three touchdowns on Oklahoma. They blew that lead, lost by a field goal margin at the end of the game. Both teams giving up 330 yards a game, at least on D. Both teams over that. Last team to score wins the game type of game? I think so. As we talked about, Big 12, no defense. They're probably going to be scoring a lot. Baylor had held Oklahoma's offense in check game one. They were at home, though. This game's in Arlington, Texas. You'd think Texas, oh, Baylor fans are probably going to light it up. They're closer. Probably not. In my opinion, this is going to be a pretty split crowd maybe even favoring Oklahoma because I think Oklahoma, we'll probably get into it later, but I think Oklahoma has a lot more to gain from a win than Baylor does in this. Uh, I agree 100%. Uh, 
uh, for sure. Yeah, we'll see what happens in that game. But, yeah, Oklahoma has a lot more to lose. Um, and I have another point I want to make, and I'll, I'll make that a little later as far as the playoff committee and how they they really haven't liked Baylor at all this year, and now all of a sudden they're they're liking Baylor. So we'll go over that. But let's move on to our next game. It's the AAC Championship, Cincinnati 10-2 at Memphis 10-2 at 2.30 p.m. on ABC. It's fair to say neither of these two teams will be in the college football playoff, but this game sounds familiar, right, Wall? It does. I had to check my notes, double-check them, because we just saw this one, I think, last week. This game, <laughs> yeah. this game's a little different, though. We got Cincinnati plus 8.5, over-under of 57.5. Last week, Cincinnati was plus 11, over-under of 57. So they're moving the numbers down a little bit. You know, maybe they're thinking a little closer game than they did before. Yeah, Memphis won by 10 last week, 34-24. to 24. We'll see what happens this week. Maybe they can go to school and get all their notes in and watch some video and, and come out a little stronger. A couple of guys for DraftKings, it's the same three guys I was going to pick last week, and I did pick some of them last week. Uh, Kadarian Jones, the wide receiver from Memphis, he's 4,200. I didn't have the biggest week last week. We got him really cheap. Uh, we got him at 3,800. He scored 13.3 points, so that's $286 a point, so overvalue uh, just a little bit. But the thing about it is, is he's cheap. Uh, he did get a touchdown last week. That's what we're looking for when we get a guy that cheap. We want the touchdown. We just needed to get a couple more catches in there to get him to value. Uh, but again, he's just a cheaper op option than Demonte Koki. But here's the thing. Demonte Koki's only 5,800. Last week he was 6,300 and scored 29.5 points. He went down in price. Um so he's not, I mean, last week he netted us $214 a point, which is great. And now he's gone down in price. That's a no brainer to me. Demonte Koki all the way. I'm going to take him for sure and ride the bank on that one at 5,800. We talked about Michael Warren, the third, the running back from Cincinnati last week. He's 6,300 this week. He scored 22.9 points last week, netting us $293 a point. He dropped 400, but I don't like that. Still not getting us the, the clear value out of that cheaper running back option. And to be honest, at 6,300, there's better options out there running back this week. Well, I'll take your word for it, Woj. I think we should move from the AAC, which I'm sure a lot of people don't follow. I'm excited for this game. Other people might not agree, but another game I'm definitely excited for, and I think other people are too, is from the SEC. Georgia 11-1 at LSU, 12-0. LSU has the goose egg on their record right now. This game's 3 p.m., CBS. It'll be game day. Everyone knows it. Georgia in this game, plus seven, over under 54 and a half. Georgia on the money line, and I keep saying these money lines because they're, they're pretty sexy in these conference games sometimes because you never know who's going to win. But Georgia on the money line, plus 213. So I have a ton of interest in this game not only for DraftKings but just everything else I want to see LSU versus that Georgia defense uh, I just this is a, a really good game to watch to to really get an eye test going into playoffs because I think if LSU loses I think they still go uh, depending on the other games obviously but we'll, we'll see um, Jake Fromm is a quarterback from Georgia and I haven't said his main much this year at all but he is 6,400. He's a cheaper option at quarterback. Um, LSU hasn't had the greatest defense, and they've let people score on him. 
And DeAndre Swift is a little banged up, so he's not 100%. He might get the ball a little bit more. He's had a couple great outings, and I just see him getting that motivation going into this game and, and, and dominating, but we'll see what happens. He's a good option at 6,400 if you need a quarterback that cheap, and I have another one a little bit later in the podcast too if you want to listen to that. The other option you can take him with take with him or just think about it. This is more of a tournament pick, but we're going to need those diamonds in the rough this week. Is Demetrius Robinson? He's the wide receiver from Georgia. He's forty four hundred. He's kind of a do it all wide receiver. He he runs the ball. He's just an athlete. Uh, they like to spread the ball around, especially with Seager out. So we'll see maybe if he steps up and and does well. He's had a couple back to back decent weeks. Uh, George Pickens will be out for the first half of the suspension, which leaves more opportunity for him even because that's one of their top receivers. We'll see. We need at least a touchdown and a couple more yards or a couple extra catches to get that value, and he might possibly get it there, but, again, not 100% sold on that for me. On the LSU side, you have Jamar Chase. You can't go without saying Jamar Chase because he's 7,800. He is the most expensive wide receiver this week. He is unstoppable. Last four games, he's totaled 156.8 points. That's almost 40 points a game on average. He is solid, but he's also expensive. And, uh, I mean, you could say you got to spend money to make money, but that is a lot of money, and it really hurts you this week in the back end of your lineup with just how expensive all the top echelon players are. On the other side of that, we could go with Justin Jefferson, the wide receiver from LSU. He's only 6,500. That's right. Chase is 7,800 in the number two receiver, who essentially is the same, gets the same amount of reps uh, in percent of target, is Justin Jefferson at 6,500. Uh, this is a way better option. Uh, Chase and Jefferson are both at 6.5 receptions per game, but Jefferson in the last four games has only averaged 20 points. So he's just not getting in the end zone. Still getting the same amount of receptions, just not getting in the end zone. I like Jefferson just at that price and just hoping he gets into the end zone more and Georgia kind of crowds chase. That's my that's my thinking behind taking that pick. But moving to the big-time Mountain West Championship wall, we got Hawaii 9-4. and four. That's right, a 9-4 and four team in the conference championship at Boise State, 11-1, 3 p.m. on ESPN. This is the big-time wall. <laughs> it is the big-time it's a big time for Hawaii, that's for sure. They're actually going to get to play a game in prime time. I don't get to watch them much in the season. Half their games are played way too late for me to stay up and watch. Boise State, team I've watched a few times, they're a good team. They're definitely a good group of six team. I will say that for sure. But as far as the game goes, I know Hawaii is the 13.5-point underdog. I know it's an over and under of 64, which is pretty high. Woj, it's sitting right behind Oklahoma, minus that hook of 64.5, but it's going to be some points scored, right? There's going to be some points scored. Boise State has the highest implied points on the DraftKings slate this week, which is really exciting for DFS fans. Uh, and I, this guy is really exciting for me. I, I, I'm going to have him locked in in a bunch of different contests. Is George Halani, the running back for Boise State. He's only 5,600, and Hawaii gets torched by running backs. Torched. Uh, and he torched Hawaii the last time. Uh, he got nine carries in the last outing, caught three catches for two TDs. 
Uh, I mean, he's just going to be a workhorse, I'm hoping, in this matchup just because of the way Hawaii plays and their defense, and maybe Boise State will try to slow it down some. I don't know. Option there at 5,600. I really like him. Another guy in Boise State, you go with their quarterback, Jalen Henderson, 6,400. I think he's almost a better play than Fromm at 6,400 or even pairing him just because you're going to give yourself so much room on the other ends of your roster. Uh, But he's had three weeks over 22 points. Uh, Going up against, like we talked about, a sluggish D, 732 yards, 62% completion rating, eight TDs, and one rushing TD in the last three games. That's a lot of stats. Uh, So he's definitely getting the work in the last couple games. And Hawaii likes to pass. We all know that. They're wide receivers. You have three of them you can choose from. And it doesn't really matter which one you pick because they all get about the same amount of reps. But Cedric Bard is 6,700. He's the most expensive one. Jared Smart's 5,400. And or Jason Matthew Sarsh is 5,000. All solid options. I really like Sarsh. He's been getting six to seven re- uh, receptions a game. Just need to get into the touchdown. Need to get into the end zone. Find one of those receivers that's going to get into the pay dirt wall. Hey, I'm filling out my DraftKings lineup for our uh, matchup or Wojan Wall DraftKings matchup this weekend as you're talking, because I know I can get a heads up on the crowd, but I got too many, I got too many wide receivers. Well, you, you gave me one too many wide yeah, receivers yeah. already. I like wide receivers. I like wide receivers. Apparently you Let's do. go to a game that's not going to be on DFS wall, or at least shouldn't be on DFS. Ohio State, 12-0. At Wisconsin, 10-2, 7 p.m. on Fox. Big 10 championship wall, big time. It is the big time. This is the real big time, though, Woj. No jokes, no puns here. This is this is the Big Ten championship. This is what us Big Ten fans live for. Ohio State minus 15 and a half, over <laughs> under 57. I, they're not giving Wisconsin any respect in this game. Whether they deserve it, who knows, but they're not giving them any respect. A little bit of money coming in on Wisconsin, opened at 16 and a half, dropped down to 15 and a half right now as it sits. Wisconsin belittled Minnesota last week. Wasn't a close game, 38 to 17. Wasn't even as close as that seems, especially with that weather conditions out there, with those weather conditions out there, Woj. It's tough to beat a team by that much with that kind of weather. Ohio State last week, they beat Michigan 56 to 27. That's a good Michigan football team we're talking about, and they beat them 56 to 27. Ohio State is just hot. That's all you can really say about them. They, they were making a statement last week, Wall, for sure. That's a That was a beatdown of a, what was a good defense so far in the year. It was. They dropped 56 on one of the best defenses. in the As of last week, I'm sure it's changed now, but as of last week, I think they were the, what, fourth best defense in the nation, Woj? That, that sounds about bit. right, yeah. Yeah, it changed a little bit now that Ohio State dropped 56 on them, but what are you going to do? Rivalry game, Ohio State was a better team that game. They wanted to make sure Michigan knew it. They took it to them. Just what happens. These two teams, though, Ohio State or Ohio State and Wisconsin played already on the year. Ohio State dominated that matchup as well. 38-7 to was the final score. Tough to figure out why the money might be coming in on Wisconsin. I'm thinking maybe it's, maybe it's some sharp money just saying, hey, it's tough to beat a team twice in one year. So they're taking the points, thinking maybe it'll be a closer game or maybe Wisconsin even comes away with a win. I think the Wisconsin fans are just drinking the juice wall. Maybe, yeah. They they got nothing to do with their money, so they put it on Wisconsin? 
Yeah, I, I, this is going to be – I'm surprised it's only 15 and a half, to be honest with you, but it's the championship game. But they they beat them pretty bad, 38-7, to 7, when it was pouring rain. They're going to be inside on AstroTurf. With Ohio State athletes are just going to run circles around them and is what I'm thinking, but who knows? I've been wrong before. As far as DFS goes, I you know this is this is what I'm going to do with this little section. I'm going to tell you why not to bet DFS here. For all those Ohio State fans out there that say you're wide receivers and everybody's the greatest things in the world, listen. Chris Olave is 5600, Benjamin Victor's 4600, and Austin Mack is 4000. I would love to take those guys. Love to take those guys just because of their prices. But Ohio State spreads the ball around so good. They're a good football team. Fields has thrown to 10 different receivers. Six of those had over 11% targets last week. Six had over 11% of the targets, through to 10 total. That, that trend's been the same the last three weeks. No receivers got more than 19% of the total targets. That's terrible for DFS. You're, you're literally trying to find a needle in a haystack and even if you find it he's still not even that good so stay away from ohio state wide receivers altogether fields is way too expensive and he's also playing with a, a new buckle knee brace and I, I guess he played with it from what i heard the last couple or the last uh last quarter of the michigan game or the last two quarters but it's a it's a bigger knee brace so he's not as mobile or maybe he is as mobile he's just probably not feeling the same if you're going to take anybody, you got to take think about J.K. Dobbins. He's 8K. He's a running back. That's way more than I would ever spend on a running back. But listen, he had 55 points against Michigan, who was a really good D. He scored 40.1 against Wisconsin earlier in the year. Um, he's getting value with 8K. It's just tough to eat that amount of money. And I would have to imagine Wisconsin's going to come in with a better game plan to stop him with how dominant he has been and how much he torched them the first game so i just don't like that game at all on either side it's just a big 10 battle and if you're going to take anybody you just look at dobbins all right well i want to talk a little bit about the playoffs here what's going to happen if some teams win some teams loses who's going to be our final four here and first off the bat the biggest thing that jumps at me is you have the the big 12 pack 12 option here so you have utah oklahoma and baylor so if Utah win, or if it, we'll just say this, if Oregon wins, Pac-12's out. That's just easy enough. But what does it take for Utah to get in if Utah does win? Well, if Utah wins, for me, it's simple. The only thing it takes for them to get in is a win by LSU. The thing I'm thinking, the caveat that could happen if Utah does beat Oregon, they might not get in with a Georgia win over LSU. As it stands now, we know that the playoff committee likes Georgia. They like them better than Utah. Georgia beats the best team in the nation. I think the playoff committee is going to like them even better. So I don't see Utah being able to jump Georgia. I don't see LSU being able to be left out of the playoffs this year after their very impressive schedule, their undefeated record. So in answer to your question, the only way they don't make the playoffs with a win is if Georgia does beat LSU, in my opinion. Yeah, I think you're right too. And I mean, I just look at the the big the Big 12 and I mean, say Oklahoma wins, you know, Oklahoma has the loss to Kansas State. They had tight games versus Iowa State and then they had the tight game versus Baylor earlier this year and TCU. And then then the vice versa, I look at Baylor. 
and Baylor lost to Oklahoma. That was a pretty tight game, considering, like we talked about, they lost by a field goal, but they were up for most of the game. They had tight games against Texas Tech, Iowa State, and TCU. You know, Utah lost to UC, or USC 20 or 30 to 23, but other than that, they've handled their schedule really well, keeping many teams to single digits uh, as far as score. I just like Utah a lot in this, and it, I was looking at a bunch of different ranking systems and, and going about it. Um, team efficiency rating. That was one of them that stepped out and kind of looked at me. And team efficiency rating takes in point contributions of each unit to the team scoring margin on a per-play basis. Values are adjusted by strength strength of schedule and downweighted for garbage time uh, based on win probability. Um, and they were in fifth in that one. And in fifth by a ways, I think, Oklahoma was seventh and Baylor was 13th or 12th. So I, they just look like a better team by the eye. They look like a better team, obviously on paper, if we're going to look at those team efficiency ratings. And I think they're just that much better. Now I want to make this point. This is what I was going to talk about with Baylor, Oklahoma. So we made, we made this argument the first time we talked about the playoffs, how the playoff committee didn't like Baylor at all. They, they looked down upon them. They they almost won the game against Oklahoma, and they they were well down. I think they were 13th at the time, or 14th, even before that game when they were a zero-loss team. Now all of a sudden they've made this jump to seven, right behind Oklahoma. It's my conspiracy theory here that the playoff committee did that. So if Oklahoma does beat a Baylor, it looks better. A Utah would be beating Oregon 13 whereas Oklahoma is beating a seven Baylor. I mean, that's a conspiracy th theory. It's a little wild out there, but why why has Baylor all of a sudden jumped up to seven? Is It just, I don't know. They've done some weird things with Baylor in the Big 12 this year, Wall, and I'm just not sure I understand any of them. Well, I'm going to disagree with you there. I don't think it's a conspiracy theory. I think you might be dead on with what you're thinking there with Baylor because – you know, this playoff committee, they want to secure the playoffs, obviously, so they can secure their jobs. You know, it all comes down to money. That's what everything comes down to. But they want a team like Oklahoma in there ahead of a team like Utah because Oklahoma puts up more points. They're thinking, hey, we're going to be able to get those fringe viewers, those people that don't actually watch college football, to watch Oklahoma a greater percentage of the time as opposed to Utah because there's going to be a lot of touchdowns scored, a lot of this, a lot of that. So they want those viewers there, and they think Oklahoma is going to be able to do that. Problem is – that's not their job. That's not what they're assigned to do. They're supposed to get the best teams, the four best teams in the playoffs, which it doesn't matter whose offense is better or whose defense is better. It matters whose team is better. And I think for the reasons we already mentioned, especially since you mentioned the Utah lost to USC, Zach Moss was injured at that time, their best player. Well, he's their best player. Huntley's pretty good, but Zach Moss, their running back, is their best player. He was injured in their loss, which the playoff committee is supposed to take into account it's a no-brainer to me. Utah's a better team. If they do beat Oregon, they get in. I agree. I I agree. And the playoff committee, like you said, does take into account injuries. On the other side of this, SEC, we both talked about this wall. LSU loses. I think they stay in. Wait, LSU loses? You think they stay in, Woj? I'm not going to disagree with that. They're the best team in the nation. Why wouldn't they? 
Yeah, I mean, but but a lot of people say, well, if they lose, then why not put the Big 12 or or Pac-12 winner in there? And uh, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I think LSU is better than Oklahoma, Baylor, and Utah. I think they're just a better team. No, there's no question about it, Woj. And I always say, you know, LSU is the best team in the nation. When, in fact, Ohio State probably is the best team in the nation, should be called that. But LSU has had such a difficult schedule. They've proven themselves so way so well, especially for an SEC team that the SEC has been down this year, but they still had impressive wins over, you know, teams like Auburn, team like Alabama. I agree. Uh, there's no way you can kick them out, even with a loss. So at that point, essentially, you're looking at a double SEC uh, playoff where Oregon or Georgia and LSU would both be in it. On the other side, let's go to the Big Ten then. This is a big what if, but if Ohio State loses, do you think they stay in well? I mean, obviously, it depends on LSU, Georgia. LSU would definitely have to be Georgia at that point. But let's look at Ohio State, Utah, Oklahoma, and Baylor. Do you think if Ohio State were to lose, they stay in over those teams? I think so. I mean, again, I just kind of said how Ohio State's probably the best team in the nation. So if my theory holds correct, then the best team in the nation should be in the college football playoff. You know, we'll, we'll say that the best team in the nation is going to be split right now between Ohio State and LSU. Whether one of them loses one game on the season, you know, I think they should be in the playoffs. Now, the question with Ohio State comes down to, though, will they be in the playoffs? Because the playoff committee values recent losses, or I shouldn't say values them, but it hurts a lot more with a recent loss than a loss, let's say, at the beginning of the season in the eyes of the committee. At least that's what they've proven in the past few years. And actually, I've heard Kirk Herbstreet say something about this. He thinks it should be the two hottest teams in the nation playing in the championship. I disagree. I don't think that that's how the championship is set up. I think it's the team that's actually done the best on the whole season, not just the last few games. But that aside, I do think that Ohio State should be in there. I don't know that the uh, playoff committee would put them in there with a loss, though. I mean, that being said, USC was pretty hot down the end stretch. They looked terrible at the beginning of the season, but what does Herb Street want USC in the championship or what? But I don't, I'm not going to put words in his mouth, and I'm pretty sure he'd be happy if Ohio State was in the championship. But I'm just speaking it on behalf of what I think the playoff committee would do. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Wal. There's no way I think even if Ohio State does lose that you can keep them out. Wisconsin obviously wouldn't get in. Uh, they would definitely be given a Rose Bowl for sure. But – you know, the Big Ten have five teams in the top 25, not including Ohio State, so it's six total. They've beaten four of those teams, Michigan, Wisconsin, Penn State, and Minnesota. Iowa's being the odd man out of the conversation. They're in the top 25, but they didn't play Ohio State this year. You just can't go against that many ranked teams and just be like, no, I'm sorry, you're out because you, you lost to a Wisconsin team in your championship game that you already beat. 38 to 7 earlier in the season. I just don't think that's how it works. So I think LSU and Ohio State are guaranteed spots. Um, and I, I almost Clemson to a point, too. If even if they were to lose to Virginia, I mean, I don't know. That would be a tough one. It all comes down to LSU and Georgia. If LSU beats Georgia, then I think it opens the door for that controversy of does Utah get in or does Oklahoma get in or Baylor get in. I think if Baylor were to win, they don't get in. But I think the playoff committee has set this up, whereas if Oklahoma does win, there is going to be a possible little clash there at four between Utah and Oklahoma. And I think it's a no-brainer. I think it's easy uh, 
to put Utah in there. I think the playoff committee has it easy if Ohio State, Clemson, LSU, and Utah win, all of them being favorites so far by at least six and a half points this week. Hey, they're all the chalk. It's likely to happen, so maybe the playoff committee is going to count their blessings, but eventually when they do come out with their rankings, um, the Bulls are going to get released. And we actually had a tweet this week, Woj. Someone asked, you know, if we're releasing a bull game watch list, you know, they said they've been trying to look up the schedules and the channels, but, you know, other places like ESPN and them are not making it easy. So I think maybe that's something that we'll do once they do release their final playoff committee, you know, rankings and we get the Bulls. I think we will put something up on our website to help the uh, fans know what the Bulls are when they're being played and eventually who's in them. I like it. I like it. You know what I like, too? I want the Iowa Alabama Outback Bowl. Sounds like a good one. It does sound like a good one, but I've been saying all year I want to watch Iowa Auburn, so I'm, I'm a little torn. But there's a lot, you know, there's only one week of football left, but there's a lot to still be played out, Woj. I mean, there's a, people out there that, you know, they have a good understanding of what team will be in what bowl, but, you know, anything could change after this weekend. You never know. Uh, Iowa Auburn would be fun as well. DraftKings League, I'm a winner again, Wall. I got 166.2 points. Second was Story1135 at. 150.08 and that's Michael Story who's been on this show before and then Walrus 67 at 107.3 we only had three players this week get in there get your lineup set uh, for next week uh, we're going to use the Saturday eight game slate it is live right now you can put your team in slate it in and I am want to inform everybody I did not win the Wadron Wall Pick'em. I actually lost it weeks ago, but uh, Wall and me both lost our bets last week, which pulls me to 5-8-1, and one. and what are you at, Wall? It puts me at 9-5 and five with that unfortunate loss last week. Yeah, that was uh, unfortunate for you, but let, yet again, good year, 9-5. and five. We're done with our Pick'ems for the year. We're not going to do the conference championship games. Uh, I would like to see those teams that I just said in the final four, Ohio State, Clemson, LSU, and Utah, I think those are the best four teams in the nation uh, that could represent the nation in the playoffs. Uh, and I would look forward to to seeing an Ohio State-Utah game. It'd be interesting to see if that Utah defense could stop that Ohio State offense, which that'd be a very interesting game to watch. I'd pay money to see that one. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. You can catch us on Twitter at WWCFB. Our Instagram's college underscore football underscore rundown. Our website, which you can get all our podcasts and information and contact me and Kyle on, is collegefootballrundown.com. Thanks again for listening, everybody. I'm Woj. I'm Walt. And this was the College Football Rundown. We're out. <laughs>